So three, two, one. Welcome everybody to the Triad of the Force podcast. That wasn't that bad, thank you. <laughs> Triad of the Force is a Puerto Rican podcast with three Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. Today is our Star Wars celebration special. Holy crap, we can't believe we're here. Uh, before we get going though, uh, we have to like give a big shout out and a special like a thanks to like Nani and Mo, our two co-hosts that could not be here today, but they are definitely with us in spirit. And to help fill in those gaps, we have like the beautiful Katrina Dennis. <laughs> and the wife and Sage Alden Diaz. Yeah. <laughs> So anyone who knows anything about Pride of the Force, they know that we are very Puerto Rican focused and we are all about talking about Star Wars and other nerd-related media from our Lat Latina or Latinx, whichever you prefer, perspective and trying to like dissect that media from that point of view, which I think is a point of view that's certainly lacking in the podcasting community and the fandom. I mean, not to say that there aren't a lot of Hispanic voices, but sometimes those voices get drowned a lot in favor for other voices so it's i think our responsibility and our duty to help break those voices up and to be allies to other communities that are also underrepresented or misrepresented in media and in fandom so thank you it's very important to us as puerto ricans to like have that voice because i don't know a lot of people know but puerto rico is the oldest colony in the world over 500 years of colonialism puerto rico has been like a place that has been under fire oppressed and its people you know we don't do too hot especially in the last couple of years with hurricane maria all the strikes to depose the governor which was successful so good job uh, the luma power outages uh, there's so much things that have been going on with like the Puerto Ricans in the island and all the diaspora that it's like very incumbent on us to be like a voice in like a fandom that's about uh, escapism and empowering and being rebels and giving hope and lighting sparks so that is our mission as a podcast uh, but before we get going to like our whole diatribe that we will get going in today let's talk a little bit about our guest let's talk with you Katrina why don't you introduce yourself to our guest Hi everyone, I'm Katrina Dennis. Uh, I am the assistant producer of the Looking for Leia documentary series. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I am co-host of Pedro Pascal, the podcast about Pedro Pascal. Sure <laughs> yeah, it's been, you know he's you know he's in the wrong room right now. Right. He should be here. Uh, he and I also every once in a while host Ito Banta Tambien. Uh, uh, pop culture from a Latinx perspective with my best friend Kayla Gisela. Uh, so um, I'm so excited to be here uh, and I'm so excited to have such nice friends here. Thanks for coming. I'm thinking piece like this celebration triad. Alden, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Can I just say, your opening little speech there was just fantastic, my friend. Really it's like one of the best people that I've met in this space. So after this, if you're like, I want to be his friend, um, get in line. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Alden Diaz. Um, I'm a radio producer and I've worked for iHeartRadio for the past three and a half, four years. 
uh, producing morning shows. I'm also the host of Octo Radio Star Wars Podcast, um, which is uh, which is my show. Uh, myself and Nick Kumar is here in the front row. We do a Rebels deep dive show on there, and then Tori Fox, you might know, Star Wars Feel the Love Creature Ooh. Cartel. Uh, her and I have been producing her show for over a year now, Mandatory and Creed. Um, and then I'm also on the One and Done Film Club with Nikki Kumar and Devaney, and um, been popping up on Triad. You, you found me. Yeah, mm-hmm. we found each other. It was meant to be. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love lifts us up where we belong, um, <laughs> or something. That's from some movie with like some guy that was on the podcast stage too. Yeah, a- yeah, the hello there guy. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. right, yeah. right. <laughs> so let's get going. Like our main topic, like for today, we're gonna talk about the. <laughs> I'm swear to God, it's a Star Wars related thing. But the main topic is intersectionality and equity of representation between media and fandom. Because for us, it's like two things that are extremely interconnected, even though some people like to disconnect them because media represents the people, and then the people consume that media and create their fandoms around it. So it's like this uh, cir- it's circular cycle. Uh, that's redundant. Uh, but this, uh, this loop of ideas like come in and come out from all of these things. And it's very important to see what's happening with that medium, also what's happening with the fandom, because we can't really like disconnect the two things because representation needs to happen in both fronts because the voices of fandom are the voices that the creators of media need to like realize what they need to put on the screen. Right. So that is like what we were focused on a lot is just like, okay, how do we bring like our diverse voices and like our unique perspectives into that fandom so that then that can hopefully come back into media so that those creators can be like, oh, those are voices we need to hear or that we're not hearing enough or that we're hearing incorrectly. So with that, we're going to like the main part. It says Star Wars is a wonderful world of media and representation. And we all know that George has always been political with a lot of the, with all of the things that he was doing with the original and the prequel trilogies. That's no secret, despite what some people would like to claim. Uh, but that being said, George, you know, is of his generation, and Star Wars has always been a white male gaze. Hold on, hold on. Are you saying that there's one group that's mostly controlled most of the media and characters representation? Hmm. Are you saying that? The Illuminati? No. Are, 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 are you saying that white men have mostly seen themselves for the entire duration of everything? I'm saying that... It's shocking. Because the other day, I saw a news outlet say that Star Trek went woke, and that alarms me. Uh, I just, I'm just saying. Well, we have a resident Star Trek fan. Yeah, I'm huge, that here. Yeah. huge news fast to me because I'm pretty sure they've been like that yeah. since '66. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it's pretty baffling. Like, yeah. I just want to say, Jews is way nicer than I am, and I just like, I really am at the point where, like, for you to bring us on is a huge honor because if you don't understand the fact that this is progressive, mm-hmm. you're not watching it. You're looking at it. I think and that's a very, very, very different thing. Yeah. And it's, it's really at the point now where we have to sort of like draw that line in the sand and say, this is what this story is. It's not a matter of we're reading into it. It's like, no, you're not reaching far enough. I think the flip switch for that was like back in 20, 2014 when we get that first trailer for The Force Awakens mm-hmm. and like, you know, we saw Poe like yelling and his egg swing and stuff. I, I watched that trailer with my dad live, and like we're both Chilean and Colombian, 
Um, and, uh, and the moment he saw Poe, we both knew who Oscar Isaac was. Um, and he was like, oh, was well, that Oscar Isaac? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, they put one of us in an X-Wing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, whoa, they did. And that's kind of like, that's when I knew, like, this stuff was going to start changing real fast. Because mm -hmm. it was now, like, our time to, like, speak up and be heard and stuff. And, like, now I'm literally looking at a list of, like, 20 names yeah. of, like, right. people, like, our folks in Star Wars. And, and, and to circle back about like how oh, that whole representation thing with Star Trek being woke and whatnot, yeah. it's interesting because some people decide to challenge things in different arenas and not others, and especially with the discourse that's going on nowadays with comedians and what they, <laughs> how they choose to challenge people, right. I think is very telling of like what issues are really at the heart of some people. And to say that like comedy is supposed to challenge some things that should not be challenged because you're supposed to punch up, never down. Uh, media is the same thing. Media should always be challenging like our notions and our ideas. And Star Wars certainly has done that, but there's still a long way to go. Mm -hmm. And to your point, Katrina, about like, the list that we compiled of like all these actors and actresses, uh, it's pretty amazing because yeah. this would not have been a list that was possible five maybe ten, yeah, yeah. five, ten years ago. And like now, it's, it's pretty substantial, especially we'll talk about it a little further on, but there's still a lot of work to do. It's, uh, some people always ask about representation, oh, will it ever be enough? And the answer to that is no. no. It will never be enough because we can always improve. Right. And also force diversity is not a thing. I want to empower everyone in this room to shame anyone that says force diversity because it's, not, it's the world. And if you think that it's forced, it's not my fault that your parents raised you in a narrow environment. But there's always room to change, and there's always room to realize. Like every time that Marvel Comics has done, whether it's Jane Thor or whether it's Riri Williams, and, and on the Star Wars side, you know, Marvel is where Afra first came up, mm -hmm. and that was, you know, that 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 you know, testing ground and animation has sort of been the testing ground is for Latinx, Latin representation, people breaking in. And you hear some of that sometimes, and it's like, is it is it forced, or do you just have a very limited view of a galaxy of magic? Mm -hmm. Like, that's yes. just, it's, it's baffling to me. Oh, um, it's but this list is inspiring, it really does. It's odd, right, because like, every time someone that's not the conforming viewpoint of what media has always been, somehow that's just like, oh, pandering, or mm -hmm. wokeness, and it's just like, so how is it appropriate then? Yeah, exactly. And then the answer is just like, it will never be appropriate for those people, and we just have to ignore them. Mm -hmm. Just un yeah. unfollowing me on the Twitterverse. Oh my god. I've, yeah. I've just been, I've gotten ruthless lately. I like, I think I, like, somebody said something cross about, like, representation. He was, like, following me, and I noticed, and I was like, yeah, well, your opinion's stupid, and that's why I've never followed you back on Twitter. And I let that sit, and then I blocked him. And I think everyone should be that mean to yes. mean people. Yeah. <laughs> as ruthless as some of our, uh, as the notes say, space poppies and space mommies. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, who are those space poppies? And I think it's inter interesting because when we compiled this list, we weren't actually thinking that the person that's on the top of the list would be as relevant as he is right now, and hopefully everyone has seen Obi-Wan Kenobi. Raise your hand if you haven't. Uh, oh, thank God, okay. Thank God. Thank God. Well, you have it? Okay, well then, 
we're not going to say anything. Let's start with someone else real quick okay. so we can fake them out. Well, who was on the panel on Thursday? <laughs> and looking at <laughs> I mean, I'd love to lead with, with uh, Pedro Pascal, who is yeah, like yeah. our first Latin lead in a Star Wars show. Yeah. And a fellow Chilean right there, the Mandalorian. Like that, honestly, like that was one of the biggest things. I was already a fan of Pedro, if you can't tell. Um, <laughs> I have a whole podcast about him. But like, I, I was so, it was just that moment where it was like, you don't know this person, but you're so freaking proud mm -hmm. that it's like that's one of us in the mm -hmm. forefront of my favorite thing in the world right. yeah. and to have him tell his story from that perspective like I love Mando's backstory because it's something that like as as a Latina and a, or a Latinx whichever you prefer like that is like so intricate to a mm -hmm. lot of our experiences right. like there are a lot of things that like our parents have had to go through uh, to get us to where we are and a lot of other folks who have had to sacrifice to like become the people they are and so like I find the Mandalorian story to be like an intricately like Star Wars Latinx story mm -hmm. you know yeah. and to have that those arm length removal experiences where he meets somebody that is of the culture whether that's Bo-Katan Kreese or whether that's mm -hmm. the armor and they all have their lived experience and he feels that push and pull between I'm am I legitimate and yeah I have right, the right. yeah like, like I'm 100% Puerto Rican on both sides I'm not fluent in Spanish not even close and I've had those moments of do I count do I get to claim that am I in school do I check white do I check Hispanic do I check like First of all, those boxes are garbage. All the boxes are garbage. Mm -hmm. uh, they should just let you check whatever you want or just write it. God forbid people can't just read your writings. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's, I connect so much to Din's story in that way of, oh, I got to this place of adulthood and then like truth bombs came on me and then you start to find your way in and then people are telling you, but that's not the right way in. Mm -hmm. Like, you actually can't like Hamilton because when we, when Hamilton is actually married, it's like, well, first of all, I like the second of all, uh, it's just like you can't. If we start to gatekeep each other, yes, mm -hmm. then then it becomes easier for them to call us forced, becomes easier for them to say, Look at them fighting mm -hmm. amongst mm -hmm. each other, um, which is also very inherent in Mandalorian yeah. overall, um, for their place. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's an excellent place to start. Yeah, I mean, Din uh, Jaren's journey has been like so. And I know a lot of people have like different perspectives on it, and I know we'll maybe hear a little bit of that like at, at 12.30, uh, hopefully. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, this story is important, especially when he has like those flashbacks and you see where he came from and like what his place in the galaxy is. And to that, it's just very, it's the, it's the Lat Lat Latina experience, it's the diaspora, it's the displacement. And to, and to your point, it's like, what, what is meaning? Mm -hmm. And that's very important, especially to have like a, a, a Latin man portray that it's incredible and now with Andor and, and Diego Luna actually saying that he's gonna like that's gonna be an immigrant story basically yeah. and, and and the most important thing about that is like Diego Luna did not change his accent for it mm -hmm. so we still have like his Mexican like natural accent be a part of the show and like that's the most important thing that you like these actors don't have to whitewash themselves or conform to like what you're supposed to look like what you're supposed to sound like so I think We're taking baby steps, but like Lucasfilm is slowly, I think, moving in the right direction. Right. I think we just need to keep pushing them, keep being vocal, keep having panels like this, yeah. and keep having like fandom communities where we 
talk about those things so that it's very relevant so that we finally see the things that we want to see on the screen. Because yeah. for me, I don't know about you guys, but watching Moon Knight and then what? Has everyone seen Moon Knight? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. But seeing like the post credit scene and then all of a sudden seeing our space puppy actually talking Spanish yeah. mm -hmm. blew my mind. I'm like, there's a show on Disney Plus as a superhero show and the main character is a Latino man speaking Spanish. Mm -hmm. I was just like, thank you, because we need a lot more of that and that should be unapologetic. Yeah. It shouldn't be pandering. Shouldn't be things where like they do a movie where it's just like, oh, I'm talking in Spanish, but then I'm just gonna repeat the exact same thing in English. Yeah. So that it's just like, I'm sorry that I talked in Spanish. It's like, no, Spanish is the most beautiful language in the world. Mm -hmm. so, and, yeah. and I think that, you know, it's not a coincidence that they built a streaming service to go fight Netflix and stuff, and they had a Latin guy leading them. I mean, like, come on, like, they, they, knew, they knew where to turn. They were like, we need Pedro, we need Diego, let's start queuing it up. Resistance, of course, we'll get to it. Full of uh, Latin cast members and characters. Like, it's, it's so funny when it's like, oh, well, we don't, we don't really want to give you, like, the big spot, but also, could you, like, win this streaming battle for us? Yes. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they, they always, you know, it's just convenient. You know, they like to turn to people um, when they need something. Yes. Uh, like, uh, you know, I bring up Benicio Del Toro here. A lot of people might not know Benicio Del Toro as DJ was the second choice for that role. He was supposed to be Joaquin Phoenix, not a Latin guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he doesn't get it, and it's like your second choice Benicio is in there making choices. Uh, I think, importantly, showing us, you know, something that we talked about recently, I talked about with my friend Mickey here, um, is uh, about the show Sex Education on Netflix, like how it's important to have sometimes a marginalized community represented in a character who still sucks. Uh, and that it's not, you know, that they can be flawed and disappointing. And DJ, I love seeing Benicio's performance in that role, but he was not Han and Lando and Hondo and these scoundrels that end up having the heart of gold that we all assume he's gonna have. When he said that he's in it for himself, he meant it. And it was nice to see, even though, you know, he the resistance. It was still empowering, I think, to see the entire spectrum of characters. I mean, just looking at this list, these are all different mythic archetypes. These are all different um, types of people. I mean, even small ones, Danny Trejo as the Rancor trainer. I mean, bringing that sensitivity yep. to that role and, and the, I think the aspect of caregivers um, from our elders, mm -hmm. you know, was really represented strong in a big way. Um, and a lot of Mm -hmm. yeah oh, I'm sorry. oh yeah no i actually wanted to know like you know from on that note like uh, the we saw like such a huge growth when it came to latin representation in star wars animation before mm -hmm. we ever got it on the yes. big screen mm -hmm. one of the most like intense stories in animation and the ones the, the one that impacted me the most was the the story of kanan jarris mm -hmm. and that was Freddie Prince jr yeah. puerto rican man um, like just putting on the performance of his lifetime yeah. uh, and, and creating this like intricate person who has these like the, these triggers, these like uh, uh, traumas that he has to work through to become like a full human and a proper master for Ezra. And like that, that I mean, I had a whole podcast about Kanan for that reason because he reflected so deeply on me. And like, I really want to call out the efforts of uh, Athena Portillo who is Dave Filoni's protege in so many ways, the award-winning executive producer of Star Wars Resistance, um, who has been leading the charge on this. Like, I had a really deep conversation 
with her about the Doza family and like why that came about and why she wanted to tell that story. And it's because like we haven't had like a complicated family story like that in Star Wars and to tell it through the lens of, of characters who are like Latin representing was very important to her. So like And where both parents were alive. Yeah. yeah. And like and together and mm -hmm. together and in love and a part of it and to see sort of you could call them stereotypes, but I think it was representing a lot of families of it's the dad and he comes from that imperial background, I guess being sort of the analog for that harder, tougher background right. and, you know, her being the one that softened him over time through her own strength, like not mm -hmm. because she's not a fighter, but because she is. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that this woman, Vanessa, is one of my favorite characters played by uh, Tessia Valenza, is just so rich and so, um, she has the, the maternal energy that hangs over everything she does but it's through action, it's through examples, it's through raising up the next generation of women um, with Tam and their interactions in that show. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just, um, you can find sort of, like Star Wars is every great story ever told, including ours. Mm -hmm. And so you're gonna see people where you're like, oh, I think I understand that. Like all, what I've connected with, uh, with Cassian and with Din is, and, with, and with Bale and like all these people and with Kanan is that you find sort of that softening of the Latin man mm -hmm. where there's that hard exterior yeah. um, earlier on in the stories right. and then it all sort of comes out and it's like, wouldn't it be amazing if any of these characters were told that it's cool to cry mm -hmm. or like go to therapy and things like that and the stuff that is sort of Universal Star Wars question, really. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if these characters went to therapy? It's like a mental health thing, <laughs> yeah. Actually, we're going to switch to that topic instead. So therapy... <laughs> Uh, it's important. It's important. Yeah, it's an organ. Where's the therapy uh, page? Hold on. Was it? No. <laughs> I didn't print that one. I haven't been to therapy yet. So. <laughs> Better than We are breaking stigmas live on stage, we are, folks. We are. Yeah. Yeah, therapy. Some of you gone. Really oh, yeah. good. Thank really you. great. Thank you. Have Some your Latin dad go today. to therapy. Please recommend your therapist to me. Uh, <laughs> We can't talk about like Latin families and spicy Latinas without talking about the Martez sisters. Oh, my yeah. face. Yes. Thank you. And I think it's a testament. I, I, I think it's very interesting because when Clone Wars season, whatever it was, I forgot off the top of my head. Thank yeah. you. It uh, came out and like we were showing like those two uh, sisters and especially with their hairstyles and that they did not whitewash them. They were like brown women and they were spicy. They were, you know, they were... Latina, like I saw, like I saw the yeah. women that I knew. You know those women, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. I saw yeah. my sisters, all cousins. Like yes. I was pretty blown away by that. Yeah, that was me. It was, it was really reflective on me because that was so much like me and my little mm -hmm. sister, you know? Like, I, you know, I hate to say I'm a fucking Rafa. Like, it, you know, I've had those experiences and I've had to look after her and raise mm -hmm. her. Yeah. And, like, you know, uh, so many, especially when it came to, like, eldest children and eldest daughters in, like, Latin American families, mm -hmm. like, that's the responsibility and you do anything it takes mm -hmm. to make it happen. And so I was so pleased that, like, that, that was the choice because I'm pretty sure, like, Nick, the uh, uh, Dave had like some like anime OC mm -hmm. in that place that he was gonna like ship with right. Ahsoka and he made that decision to make it two Latin women to make it this more complicated mm -hmm. story to give Ahsoka that lens yeah. into what it's like to not be a Jedi and to be mm -hmm. left behind by the Jedi. And people remember, I, mean, I, I, I shudder to say the phrase, do you remember that discourse? But it was the whole like, 
Well, I, this arc doesn't even matter. It's like, I don't You're know. just annoying characters. I don't it's know how to explain theme to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can, and I often do. But the, there was the, <laughs> like, it was just the idea of, like, why should we have to? Like, why should we have to, like, take the horse to water and make it drink? Like, oh, well, why, why did she dump the spice? Oh, I don't know. You mean, like, your favorite character for 40 years did? Like, yeah. oh, but he's a white guy, mm -hmm. so it's different. It's always a moving goalpost. Right. And, and that's, that, like you said, like, that's why we have to keep having these panels and keep doing this, because when people get sort of, like, iffy about, well, like, what, what is, like, why are you so angry about representation? Why do you care about it so much? And on the heartwarming side, I mean, we've all seen it, whether it was like when Black Panther came out in the movie theater lobbies or when it was Shang-Chi or, you know, even with Mandalorian and stuff. Um, you see the way that it affects a kid and it's like, you don't know what that kid is now able to do. Mm -hmm. Like that kid could be George Lucas, mm -hmm. but our George Lucas, yeah. you know, and, and that, that eyes in is, it's, it's more valuable now um, than it'll be more valuable down the road when we're old and sitting out there and they're yeah. here. And, mm -hmm. and hopefully I will not understand the discourse that's happening like when we're old, but, but we oh, always yeah. have to support it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back in my oh, day, our discourse yeah, back was in, like Back this. in my day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, it's that's that's what's really, like, blown my mind is, like, you know, my nieces are growing up now and, like, now they have not just, like, Leia and Rey, they have, like, heroes that look like mm -hmm. them in Star Wars. And that's so important to me. Like, I, when I, like, FaceTime them and they're dressed as, like, Elena of Avalor. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. that, that's something that's, like, I didn't have that. And I'm so glad that now, because we all yelled and screamed, because we fought, because we got insulted by these white people who fucking... Sorry. <laughs> I mean, really not. Would it be this channel? You know, like, because all of this fighting has happened, like, yeah. now they get to, like, dress up as these characters who were right. made for them to look like them. I mean, my, my nephews are uh, black and Puerto Rican, and uh, when I took them to see Spider-Verse, they didn't know anything about Miles. And he is them. He's black and he's Puerto Rican. And I took a picture of all of them sitting in their movie theater seats. And at the end, my middle nephew said, I said, did you like it? And he goes, oh yeah, we love Miles. And they were talking about it. And my middle nephew, who is a profound, profound short little thing, <laughs> he goes, oh yeah, yeah, it was great. I said, what'd you like about it? He goes, oh, because we know him. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, we know him. <laughs> and I think that he he didn't register sort of the profoundness of what he was saying, but I know he will. Mm -hmm. And I think it was sort of like a yeah, like you you always think you know. I, I remember running around in the playground and saying, "You're Chewbacca, I'm Han." Like yeah, I I I knew Chewbacca in that situation, but mm -hmm. like to really say, "Wow, like that is me." Like there's that wonderful piece at the art show of the little girl with the two backwards, like, batons looking in the mirror, and she sees Ahsoka looking back at her, and it's like, you cannot, you cannot uh, undersell that, yeah. you know, the, the, the weight of that, so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Just before we keep moving, let's just say, because obviously we could spend, like, yeah. hours on end We're talking about rattle. every single yeah. Hispanic Latinx person here, but let's just go through a couple of the, of the ones that are, like, re like, relevant to our conversation. Starting with the space poppies, to everyone that's Obi Wan Kenobi, like Jimmy no, Smith. We Jimmy Smith, I'm sorry, Jimmy spoiler alert, I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's amazing. Jimmy Smith, who was only in the prequels in Rome 1 and not in anything recent. 
Yeah, definitely not anything recent. No. Yeah. But he is. He was like he was like the first, right? Yes. Like, he was like the yes. first. Latin American person. And also, shout out to Bail Organa in the deleted scenes who was white and he got kicked. Yeah! Screw that guy! Get out! Uh, we love that. Diego Luna, we talked about. Diego Luna, we talked about. Benito so, del Toro, Puerto Rico, Pedro, Puerto Rico. Oscar. Ismael Cruz Cordova, who was an yeah. uh, evil Twi'lek, but his Latinos can be exactly. bad guys too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just not all the time. And uh, Freddie Prince Jr., Danny Trejo, and then John Leguizamo in Mandalorian season two in a vocal performance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then our space mommies, we can we have to start with Lupita Nyong'o as Mascanada. Yeah. Uh, and now upcoming in Andor, Adria Arjona. So that's what's gonna be cool. We keep yeah. having new people being cast. Myrna Velasco, Bridget Kelly, Elizabeth Rodriguez, Rosario Dawson, and Gina Torres. So it's like yes. Yeah. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot, and we just hope that the list keeps going. It was so impactful for me, like, a couple weeks ago, or last week, I don't know when the Vanity Fair yes. cover came out, and all of a sudden, like, that cover, yeah, it's only one in the center, but when I looked at everyone else in that cover, it's just like, those are, that's, that's my family. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone there is Hispanic, Latin, Latinx, and it was beautiful to see. So, I think we can safely say that, like, the future of Star Wars is LGBTQ, and it's has Hispanic. So, like, uh, that's, sorry, uh, it's happening, we're taking over the world. We're here, we're not going anywhere. But speaking of LGBTQ things, like, uh, that's where the live action stuff is severely lacking, and it's kind of a shame, because we look at other efforts that Lucasfilm is doing, like the High Republic, mm -hmm. and we see, like, such beautiful representation and such a variety of different groups and peoples, and it's such a perfect thing to see because Lucasfilm Publishing is really living up to the expectation of the values and things we want to see and the right. media that we do and it's somehow not being pushed up to like the media that's like more uh, readily available for consumption by the regular uh, like Star Wars normies and uh, not people here at this convention. Uh, so it's still it's still a big uh, big step that I think Lucasfilm needs to do. But I have to give a shout out in the High Republic to like our our Latin friend here, Daniel Jose Olver, who has been doing the biggest heavy lifting for the High Republic. Everyone who's read like Midnight Horizon yeah. or any of the IDW stuff, it's it's he's he's a gift from the gods. So uh, we need we need more people like him. Obviously, all the luminous authors are wonderful, but right. this wouldn't be you. I, I mean, panel. like that one cover that just came out uh, with Lula and uh, and good and Zia. Yeah. That seeing that was like such a huge thing for me. It's just like there are two girls in love mm -hmm. on a Star Wars cover. Like yeah. this is being put out there, and like there, it's canon. Like we, it's not a guessing yeah. game. It's Take not fading yeah. exactly. And like that, that was like huge for me. Like I was so pleased to see that. And like I mean, you've got the the the, the note here with like heavy lifting, and it shouldn't just be on Daniel mm -hmm. to right. do this. You know, like we. Where as they expand and as they hire more people <clears throat> me to write a Star Wars book, uh, they should definitely like keep that in mind is like the wider variety we have in voice when it comes to these authors and these TV writers, the easier it's going to be to very naturally work in these relationships. Right. And it's also about the, like of course we're keeping it positive, like as we all should at this celebration, because dear God we need the detox. <laughs> and, and, you know, just celebrate it. But, there have been stumbles, there have been awkward things, mm -hmm. and I would say 99% of them are not malicious. Right. But 
it's because you didn't have the right person in the okay. room to say, hey, I know you don't mean it like that, but let's tweak that, yeah. that and that and that. And let me, you know, that's why you need somebody. And we have your, I was like Pablo Hidalgo being such mm -hmm. a key voice in Lucasfilm for 22 years. Mm -hmm. Like it's, and, and, and Tracy and, and Athena Portillo, like you mentioned, like to have those voices in there as that team grows, you know, the creative team behind the actual on-set creative teams. Um, that is, that's the stuff where it's sort of like your system of checks and balances, like in the same way that we have uh, sensitivity staff members now on sets, intimacy staff, intimacy staff members. Um, there's, you know, I think a need for someone to say, oh, that could actually be misconstrued, misrepresented, misunderstood, that could be taken in a wrong way, that, you know, right. let's iron this out, um, which I think is only something that can get better and better and better. I mean, the acolyte coming up um, is our first queer showrunner, mm -hmm. queer woman running a Star Wars project from the ground up, writing it. Um, Rain Roberts, woman of color, executive producing. And there's no, of course, official casting for that, but if you pay attention to the rumblings, it's looking like a non-binary dark sider leading the show, which is just... That's just too woke. So cool. Yeah, I know, too woke. And to that point, I think that's a, that's a wonderful segue like into what the next part of like this piece of conversation which is like all of these things just lead up to like this key phrase which is media as a way of colonizing culture and i think it's always important to like realize that when you are pushing all those things out what you are doing is you're establishing like the baseline of what is acceptable and what is normal quote unquote mm -hmm. and to give some examples of those we talked a little bit about din jaren like his journey how it's very appropriate and representative of like the hispanic latinx experience but then there's like alvin was saying like there's stumbles and i think one of those big stumbles is like poe dameron like in rise and the rise of skywalker because for me poe dameron was a very empowering character he's like the best pilot in the resistance he's like all these cool things and you know and he's oscar isaac uh but then all of a sudden rise of skywalker pulls the like he's a drug dealer and i'm like oh the, the latino man drug dealer trope right. thing and he's right. like and that's one of those things where I remember in the I saw the at the press screening, I remember thinking, that's gonna be a conversation, and then it was, and mm -hmm. that's one of those things where it's like, am I gonna go online and say X hates Latin people? No. no. Am I do I think that, that was like do I think if Oscar was pissed about it he would have done it? No. But I do think that's one of those things where if you just had that voice in the room, mm -hmm. they would have said, Hey, I know you're making the Han analog. I know it's not a one-to-one, but there is gonna be this sort of uh, reaction, there is going to be this interpretation of what you're saying. And then, funnily enough, you get Alex Segura, a Latin man who comes in and writes the novel that irons it out, makes it make sense and everything. Yeah. And, and it's a, but it shouldn't be on him, right. the Latin guy. And by the way, Free Fall is a great novel. I, I think it's a great book. Um, but it's sort of like a, hey, Latin guy, like, will you come in and sort of make this fix it? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Um, it's a it's a game of uh, of inches. Yeah, we always have to do their heavy lifting. We have to clean their houses, cut their grass, yeah. and then fix their. I'll fix tell their you right now. Six stories. Uh, you can all go you look at my that too. You can look at my hotel room right now. I don't do heavy lifting. I haven't made no. a bed at all this trip. No. I'm no. not doing it. Um, <laughs> but it's important. But that's important because like all these characters and all these things, like consciously or unconsciously, they're all coded to like represent something mm -hmm. and to and to that point and i think we were talking about it a little bit when we were talking about high republic it says we shouldn't rely on publishing to fix those mistakes mm -hmm. and it's like it, it's important that yeah. it was addressed and i said yeah. let's soften it up so that it can be more 
palatable, but uh, but most people, again, most people do not read the books. So it's important book. what's on that screen is the most important thing because that's what the people are going to walk away with. Yeah. And oh, we can tell when you don't read by the way you tweet. Well, I think that's like that. That that's also in a way like it kind of upsets me that like the publishing is considered a safe place because not everyone reads, so they right. think they could put all their their gay car characters and like stuff there. And to me, that like denotes what how important Star Wars books are mm -hmm. because for a really long time during the expanded universe, it was all we had. Right. Yeah. And so now to grow this out and to create these new stories and in a way like like denounce their importance in so many different ways but also like saying like oh this is the corner where we can like section off our diversity mm -hmm. and get away with it like i think that 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 is something that i'm still kind of like really bothered by and so i think expanding that yeah expanding that would be like thank you <laughs> would be important not only to credit all of the hard work and heavy lifting that all these authors have been doing but to show that like their stories mean something yeah. and they echo out into the greater universe of Star Wars. Are you implying that Ronan should be adapted into like a Disney yes. show? Yes! Uh, Absolutely! 100%! Ronan's story? Yeah, I mean, that is a, it's a smash hit, honestly, and I yeah. think it's like the sleeper hit of Star Wars that right now. It's, good it's yeah. incredible. It's like, I, and I really want that to like go to the big screen, and I want those characters to matter more because we fell in love with them mm -hmm. in two seconds in mm -hmm. Visions. And, and I like completely and continued to fall for them um, when I read Ronin. So, yeah, like I just, I want... I want publishing to be as important as TV and film in that manner mm -hmm. where it's like everyone can be here. Yeah, and that's like another three-hour panel on uh, yeah. how can we like, convince Americans that reading is good TM. Like, it's, that's a, we got a lot of work. Can we, can we get three more hours? <laughs> I'm being told. No. no I'm uh, it's, uh, yeah, so it's just, um, it, yeah, it's definitely an uphill battle in so many ways of you, it, it, then it becomes a situation of like what we're doing right now, which mm -hmm. is great. We're all happy to say, read this, watch this. We're all happy for that. But at the same time, there is that bitter voice in the back of your head that's like, I'm tired of having a television to Yeah. You should just be wanting it. But, you know, and it's, it's, it's complicated. And you're allowed to feel multiple things at once. Like, you can feel immense pride and also immense exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And you can feel like you really want to be like, Earlier this year, I got on Duolingo. I was like, I'm gonna be fluent in Spanish by the end of the year. I haven't been on Duolingo in like 80 days. Okay. That I'll bird hasn't here. harassed you? Doesn't mean I care, what? That bird hasn't harassed you? Oh, the bird harassed me. You just have to turn on the like, pop-up like, notification. It's like, it's, that little green owl was like, just give the bird the bird. Uh, the little green owl was like, you're white. Uh, <laughs> you're not worthy. Yeah. He's like, okay, Odinson. Yeah, yeah, like, you better I'm fill up your abuela's water right now. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> no more naranja for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I think it's very easy also to like be talking about Lucasfilm and Star Wars and be like, you are doing it wrong. I think harder than that is like looking at ourselves and being introspective and then questioning like what we're doing. Which kind of brings us to like the second half because we're talking about media and fandoms. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the media, but the fandom I think is as important as that media because those are the spaces where we're supposed to like congregate and feel safe and feel empowered to like enjoy the things that we enjoy and sometimes as we 
probably have encountered on the Twitterverse or the Instagram or the YouTubes. It's sometimes a hostile environment. And sometimes it comes from even like people that claim to be allies to certain causes. And it's just uh, kind of disheartening. And I don't mean this part to like be accusatory or anything or say that like there's only one way to be a fan or one way to be an ally but it's uh, supposed to be revelatory because we're supposed to just be aware of what we're doing the same way that we're looking at what other people are doing right it's the most important thing mm -hmm. to be critical about ourselves yeah. and how, so, how angry do you want this to get like rdm's angry or like chill angry no <laughs> but like but honestly, to that point, delete that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no receipts. No. What, it's interesting because the opposition, I'm sure you've heard of them, they have a news network, they have hats. Um, they, they're on message and they believe in each other and they are united, much like some of our white armored uh, folks in the uh, movies we're here to talk about. Um, they are... White armors are not just plastic. Sometimes that white armor is made of flesh. No. <laughs> wow. That was, that was something. Oh, we're going there. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's right. Uh, uh, no, you're so right. And, and, but they are always on message and they vouch for each other. They believe in each other. And whether it's the left, whether it's these marginalized communities, however you, wherever you feel you are, um, it is not helpful to say you're not fighting the battle the right way. You're not real X, Y, and Z. Educate, bring people together. You need a united front. It's okay, I think, to have allies that are flawed or at a different place or don't know Spanish or have never been to their home country or have they, this is their first time working with X charity. This is their first time engaging in X movement or hashtag or whatever. Like, that doesn't they, like them being new or them not um, having the same tools or knowledge. Like I know that you and Nani and Mo on the show are way more attuned to what's actually happening in Puerto Rico than I am. But you three have brought me in um, with no sort of pretense or like or, or homework or anything like that. And I think that that's sort of where all of our communities can be doing better because there's a lot of oh well we're not like that we are the learned ones and meanwhile the other side they'll take anyone their guy could get raised up on a meat hook in a clone body and they will still <laughs> be down with it mm -hmm. um and i think there's a show coming up uh next after us that has had a similar issue yeah uh and, and, and from a different point of view and they're probably too nice to talk about it but i will say that they're the best um yes. and it, it, there's a lot of uh eating ourselves, the Ouroboros yeah. of discourse. Yeah. I honestly, I, I, we've got like a really great section here about all the initiatives and like I think that one of the things that has either changed or, or something over the past few years is like the moment you spoke up, like I remember when Star Wars Representation Matters started mm -hmm. and like we had lots of support and we had equal amounts of people trying to dox us mm -hmm. and trying to stop what we were doing and now it's echoed out into the Amidala Initiative, mm -hmm. it's echoed out into Trans Rights or Human Rights, this is the way, and, like all of these people are stepping up and saying like, no, this is what we want, this is the Star Wars fandom. Yeah. You, like being here at Celebration is so refreshing because it's that reminder that I haven't gotten in so many years that this is the fandom. Yeah. Like these, these, thank you. Yeah. 
these folks who yell at me and all of our friends online for saying like it'd be nice if some boys kissed in Star Wars or like it'd be nice if like this and that were in Star Wars because that's what our our, our world looks like and like Justina Ireland brought this up in the High Republic plant panel yeah. and said if you're not writing the the Star Wars that looks like the world around you then you're not doing it right yep. mm -hmm. and so I think honestly the biggest thing that anybody can do from any angle no matter who you are what color you are whatever um, just speak up like be loud with all of us because we can fight with these people on the internet all we want but if we are united yeah. and we are a voice that says like no this is what star wars needs to be mm -hmm. then they're going to get drowned out because i don't see any of them here yep. being stinky and they're afraid of being out here exactly they're more of us exactly yeah. exactly like they're i've only felt like love throughout this convention <laughs> and i've gotten to see like cosplayers from all walks of life like just loving Star Wars, mm -hmm. and so yeah, like that's the the louder we are together, mm -hmm. the quieter they're gonna get eventually. Yeah, yeah. It's it's important to be loud and to like be the be the change that we want to see and like support it, the advocacy that we advocate for and include everyone like in those spaces that we want to create. Because sometimes we get lost in that narrative, and I've seen like in a lot of spaces that it, it gets lost. Like you're talking about it, but you're not doing it. So it's always important to like empower and be actionable about, about it. So it includes the people that you want to include. And I think everyone can be better. Even the triad can be better because I always try to be reflective, reflective of like how, what people were inviting and who were leaving out. And mm -hmm. there's a bunch of people that like we haven't included. And it's important to be cognizant of that and to like be actionable to like do that so that the spaces that we are creating and that we're advocating for are representative. But like we said before, those spaces are never done. They're always in progress. And like hopefully like this panel and the pink milk panel that will gladly happen after ours. And we're very happy for our family there. Keep being represented, not just like in, in social media spaces, but here like at these stages, because if we just keep having like the same four panels on the same stormtroopers uh, talking about which is the best Mandalorian, then Okay, bro, cool. You like Boba Fett, but... Also, the best Mandalorian is a woman of color. Shout out to Sabine Red fans. Uh, so, let's just settle that one. And it's cool with the, with, uh, the Boba Fett discourse, too, because like everyone that likes Boba Fett, Boba Fett's a, uh, it's, it's a Maori man behind like that armor. It's an indigenous man, so it's just yeah. like... it's Kudos to George Lucas on that one yeah. for keeping Tam well fed. Yeah, and yeah. his casting future, and for like keeping that representation. George is a, is a ride or die in so many ways. And I, while you were talking, I thought about something George said when you when you were talking about with Triad and Force and how we can all continue to do work. He, George, obviously wasn't talking about the content space because God knows he's too smart to do what we do. Mm -hmm. um, but there's the he he said something about film once um, in the context of him being blasted for his special edition changes. Where he said films are never finished; they're abandoned. And I feel that way about these causes. Yeah. Like, if you feel that you've done everything you can do, you lost. They're doing it wrong. Yeah. 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 You, you, you checked out. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and again, you should never have to live with the paranoia of am I doing enough or guilt. I'm not saying that. But, like, I know you, you do, I'm sure, on your shows, you guys ever do the scroll through your past episodes and think, no, no. That's a little, not watching. I would never listen to because no. i edit them so i'm not i don't want to hear it again. last time but I will that's what i have a producer for i don't watch what i do yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I will, like look at the roster of people and say white white man woman like i i sort of like 
not not that, like I'm a, a you know a uniform prep school trying to act like I care like you know trying to uh, meet some quotas, but I am sort of like my oh that's a streak of dudes like I'm, I it's something that you have to be conscious of because it is a, yeah. a platform you know even if the platform is just this room the hallway outside this room or our shows. Um, which you can find out more about on these cards. Uh, it, it just becomes uh, an interesting sort of place um, to have responsibility. Yeah, it's for sure. I mean, I think that's a perfect way to like uh, start wrapping this up. Because I think uh, our our time might be. We got eleven more we minutes. We got eleven more minutes. Oh, eleven right. minutes. Is good. Keep rambling. Uh, <laughs> uh, what the hell was I going to say? Oh, but I mean, yeah. In, 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 like Katrina was saying, like there's a lot of like initiatives that are out there, and I'm, I'm gonna get a little spicy now. DM uh, time, because uh, it's been interesting in fandom spaces to see some causes get elevated and some get drowned. Because uh, I know that there was uh, one GoFundMe that has not re reached its goal as quickly as some other ones, and it's very telling. Like which voices were in charge of making sure that like some. Uh, Jesus Christ, some of like these things get the advocacy that they want and like the funding that they need, and right. some are not. And it's very interesting to see that the ones that don't get highlighted are the ones that feature people that kind of look like us or are not like from those same groups. So I think it's very, I know it's tiring sometimes to so just be like, okay, well, I always have to do the thing and retweet the thing, and like this is the next one, and like I have to donate all the time. But like if, if the minute we stop, that's when apathy sets in, and that's when like they win, and we and we lose. So it's always important because the more we advocate for other people, the more our rights are strengthened and grown, and there's less opportunity to us be discriminated as we protect other people. It's always important. No, that was, to that was a clap moment. <laughs> You're correct. A rising tide, a rising tide, raises all. I refuse to Jeff push it and ask anyone to clap, but like, if please clap, clap. Just please clap. <laughs> no, I mean, you're, yeah, you're 100 right with that. Where it's like you, you want to have good faith, but at the same time, it's just hard to to not see the pattern. Where it's like, are you white? Are you conventionally attractive? Are you doing a TikTok dance? You will get fully funded. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You just will. Um, but if you're out here with a cause that has, you know, some a real, you know, zeitgeist right. sort of uh, moment attached to it, and you're really trying to fight for something, it feels like it's a, an uphill battle. Meanwhile, we can ask for a movie, or we can ask for a character, or we can ask for a cut of a movie that didn't exist, um, and that, and then we just we, we just like oh, executives are like, how can we make this happen? I call that. that movie like an Oscar or something? A fan Oscar? That's not real. <laughs> that's not real. Box. Um, yeah. Uh, Oscars. Yeah, that's the other thing. We could do another hour on like awards and stuff. I mean, it's just patience. Um, yeah, I think that uh, it's like you said. It's about being loud and don't let them guilt you into thinking you're being loud, especially in the Latin communities, like. Oh, uh, especially Latin women and, and envy folks, uh, it's like that's that heinous, awful stereotype of the loud Latin woman, like... Angry, yeah. I mean, if you heard me say that about my mom at any point, that's my mom, I could say that, but it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess 
this is like such a weird pivot, but I've been wanting to ask you guys this like all panel, and it's the thing I love to ask everyone. Um, uh, like as as Latino men, like when was that first moment where you genuinely felt like you were represented and like in the Star Wars universe? I think that's a that's a complicated question because mm -hmm. growing up, obviously, like I saw those movies when I like in early teens or the nine, ten. I don't remember; it's been mm -hmm. forever in my mind, but. Then I didn't realize it, that like we weren't there because it was so normalized that like this is just what movies are. Mm -hmm. That like for me it's just like well, Luke Skywalker's me, you know, because Han's just a jock and jocks are terrible people, so Luke is better because he's plucky, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, but for me, I think it was more rev like with the whole Disney era is when I started like realizing, oh crap, like there's this whole world of representation that I've never been aware right. that I have been excluded from. And like with Oscar Isaac and like Diego Luna and like everything that started happening, like with the Disney era, was when like I was just like, oh, this this is important and it's finally happening. And like I felt passionate at that point to be like, okay, it's this this is important because I'm finally seeing myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because it, it was so mind blowing to be like, oh, I was hardwired to not see myself. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you're erased and that's gonna be normal. You accepted you're, you're, the scraps, yeah. like, okay, but well, once in a while. Yeah. We're not supposed to be there, so why would I expect myself to be there? Mm -hmm. So like now, like to have like this ability to like be cognizant, like, oh, well, things are missing here. Yeah. It's, I think, the, the most important thing that I've gotten from Star Wars in like, the contemporary sequel era. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Alden. Well, for me, it's interesting because, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, or if anyone here noticed, I'm extremely white passing, shocking, you know? Um, and I... I came up thinking that Han was my guy, that Luke was my guy. And I came up, like, I knew I was Puerto Rican, but I also, I would, as a kid, I would say, Puerto Rican, I've never been there, I don't speak Spanish, it's my background, don't have really a connection to it. And that's why I think, circling all the way back to the beginning with Din, like, I'm not saying that white people are the children of the watch cult and everything, although, <laughs> um, but I am saying that I have had that moment of seeing, metaphorically, my people stand in front of me on that cargo ship and take their helmets off and say, you're, you're in it wrong. Did you know that? Did you know that you have a people? Did you know that you come from other things? Did mm -hmm. you? And I've had those moments of, like I joked about Hamilton earlier, but I wept the first time that I listened to that and watched it. Um, and I watched the footage of when Lynn did it in Puerto Rico, which I know was controversial, and, and that's a conversation for another time. That's a different panel. Yeah, that's a very different <laughs> panel of, of what went down uh, uh, monetarily, financially, politically. But when he pulls the flag out at the end of that production, like that sort of moment, and, and everything that's come recently, whether it's everyone we've talked about, or things like in the Heights, or just like this, this cultural moment, I have sort of felt myself getting out of sort of that Children of the Watch cult of white passing and wanting to say, is anybody here watching This Is Us? I'm not gonna spoil it. No? Oh, big hell for everyone here. And <laughs> Naughty, and Naughty vigorously, yes, I love This Is Us. Recently, recently they, they showed Puerto Rico in an episode of it, and I had that feeling of like, it was the first time that I saw footage of Puerto Rico where I thought, oh, that's where I'm from. Mm. And, because I would always say oh, I'm from Connecticut by way of Puerto Rico. My grandma came up. But for like recently is when I'm finally like, no, 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 no. I want to go to the island. I want to see Goose there. I want to see I'll Nadia you, there. I want to see Mo there. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, it's a weird way to say, 
I was always, oh, I was always uh, down with my own misrepresentation, mm. which is weird. That's interesting. What about you? Oh man, um, yeah. I mean, like, I think, like you guys said, like we had those like avatars in in Han and Leia and Luke. Like, and for the longest time, if you were not a white guy, like it was just Leia and Lando, basically, mm. who were not, the not white guys. And then Mace, but he's mean. And, yeah. Well, okay. Look, we'll have a long conversation about Mace because I have a lot to defend about him. Um, uh, but but yeah, like I think it was that moment. It was like when when my dad was like, they put one of us in an X wing. I was like, oh shit, they put one of us in an X wing. <laughs> like oh my god, like this is the, like that. But that was the moment where I was like, it's gonna get different. It's gonna get better. Like this is where the fight really starts, mm-hmm. you know. And and since then, again, like uh, uh, Rafa was a really big one for me. Toradoza was another big one for me. But being able to know that like behind the scenes, we have. Pablo, who's another Chilean just like me, who's been working on this series for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, when I like learned about him and like now like we're buddies, which is like mind blowing, um, like being able to relate to someone who is part of the Star Wars mm-hmm. story, who is crafting the Star Wars yes. story, like means so much to me because it, it means intricately in a way to me very selfishly that Chilenos have always been part of Star Wars yeah, um, and so that's really good yeah oh oh you know what just dawned on me with, with two minutes left so we're not gonna be able to talk about it in full you know who we didn't talk about oh. Robert Rodriguez Whoa! Yeah, who like our first director live action in Star Wars uh, oh my god Maniachi style and from the Holy Fett to be fair, we did have it on the list. Uh, yeah. We did have it on the list, so it's not like we're just, you know, I ramble. Um, but uh, I'm going to say this right now. Raise your hand if you like the spin in Book of Boba Fett. Everyone, hands down, you're wrong. Uh, the spin is great, and that's the kind of stuff you get with someone like Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing, I think, from everything that we've said is just that we together are stronger, especially if we like band together with like other groups yeah. that are in the same battle, because we might look different, we might have a different cause, but ultimately it's the same cause. Is there a story about that? <laughs> it's called Star Wars, I think. Wow. Oh, yeah, it's a while, right? Crazy. Basically what we're saying is if a character is not directly coded, like if they're pink or orange or something, they're Latin too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of Alderaan also Latin. Yeah, we claim that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of Alderaan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Do you guys remember the kind of close-up? Blackout Star Wars Eclipse. Yes. Let's do that. It's important. Yes. Uh, But before we wrap up, like, uh, Alden, what can people find you? Yeah, you can find me uh, at that Alden, D-I-S-T-H-A-T-A-L-D-E-N-D-I-A-Z, talking Star Wars, uh, all that stuff. But because we're wrapping up on time, just come get a car, make life easy. There we go. Yeah. Uh, you can find me anywhere if you search for Ocatrina, O-H-C-A-T-R-I-N-A. Uh, come watch my fantastic podra- podcast, Padro Pascal, anytime on the internet. Um, uh, uh, and I do other things as well. Read my Asajj Ventures fanfic. Thank you. Thank you to both of you. This has been like an amazing Thank you to you. Let's give it up for all of you. Yes! You can find us almost everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, unfortunately Facebook. We have a YouTube. Please go like, subscribe, do all the things. Uh, please, you know, give us, you know, reviews, whatever you like this. Uh, but most importantly, I think the best thing about this, like, 
listen to the podcast, don't, but still advocate for the people that are advocating for you. That's the most important. Thank you for being a part of this. We love you. Make a part of Pink Milk Podcast coming up next on the podcast stage. Come on, come on, come on, come on.